We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. All good? There we go. So, this is a bit different for me, so you have to bear with me, I'm afraid. So, who am I? What I'm going to be sharing with you, it's not really... It's not about how to have a better relationship with God or how to be a better Christian. It's more a testimony. It's about something that I've been going through over the last, the last two years or so. And I'd say it really kicked off during lockdown for me. And it's just a journey that God's been taking me on. And it's a journey that I'm continuing on. So in Galatians, there's this verse, for in Christ, all of you are sons of God through faith. That's it. And that's what I want to base this on. So we're designed to be God's children. We're not designed to be his servants. And I find a lot of the time we can, we can easily fall into this, this trap of being caught up in, in what we do rather than who we are. And I just think what I've realized, I could have told you this before, that it's about who we are rather than what we do. But I've just been experiencing it and I've started to really come to an understanding and a place of peace in knowing who I am and operating out of that. I believe that for us as a church, as a people, God wants to take us to a place of being his children and operating out of that rather than just doing what we should do. And the question that I want to pose is, are you as an individual operating as a child of God or are you doing what you should be doing? So you're going to get to see some of my holiday pictures. This was a few weeks ago. We're in Turkey. Um, That's Asher Cohen and I. Um, Yeah, so we had lots of fun. We went away. And the whole idea was that we just go away and we'd be together. Now, as a father, I get fun from, I I get joy from my kids just being. They don't have to do anything. And sometimes that joy is lower than others. (laughs) maybe more than sometimes but you know they don't have to do anything if they did not do anything of significance their whole lives my love for them my joy that I get from them wouldn't change when Hannah and I started fostering a while ago our family dynamics changed things obviously they they were different and what I found was I wasn't getting the time to just connect with Asher and Curran as I would. You know how you just naturally have conversations in passing and stuff? It wasn't happening. So I thought, what can I do? So we ended up, I ended up taking them to clubs, clubs in Stratford and Basildon, quite extreme distances. But the whole idea was actually, I just wanted to spend time with them. And it was an opportunity for me as a father to connect with my sons. Sometimes we don't know what it means to be a child or we we can get mixed up, we get confused. And then we end up in this place where we're doing, it's as though, almost as though we're trying to earn that place of, of sonship, that childhood um, relationship. And that's, that's not where God wants us to be. These, are, these might be good things we're doing. So for me, it was a lot of serving, okay? I'd be busy doing lots of stuff. It would be serving in youth, doing setup all good things but that wasn't what God had for me 
Like the actions might have been fine, but actually God didn't want me to be working for his love or, or anything like that. He wanted me to just be a son. He wanted me to just be with him, like in this picture, where we get to just enjoy being with one another. Um, Jamie shares a story about Dave Mansell, and he was woken up one night with a heavy sense of God's presence. And he said to him, God, God, what do you want from me? And he said, nothing. I just want to be with you. And I think that's God's heart. He just wants to be with us. It comes down to the fact that we love because he first loved us. And when we do something, when we do those actions, when we do serve, it's because he's moved us as a child. Coming from this place, it gives us more security. My value isn't dependent on the quality of what I can produce or what I can do. I can make mistakes without the fear of being rejected because I'm a child and he loves me regardless. So what I have here is I've got some of the symptoms that we've got. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I've got some of the symptoms of orphanhood. Now, when I made this originally, I put lots of, um, lots of animations on so that it wasn't too much text on the screen at once because as a teacher, I can tell you this is very bad. <laughs> I, um, I had to go for an interview and do a load of research and what I can tell you I'm doing right now is overloading your cognitive load. So I would like to apologize for that. <laughs> Very forgiving. As I said, God forgives us, it's not on our performance. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through some of the symptoms of um, sonship, you could call it orphanhood. Um, there's lots of different things you could label it as, but this is what I'm, I'm going to go through. And I think some of the symptoms are active. They are things that we will intentionally do. However, others will be um, passive, things that we, we just do and we don't necessarily realise we're doing it. And I think it's important that we're aware of this because sometimes we can just go through life, we can muddle on, but it's good to take time to stop, evaluate and reflect. Because it is possible to be in a relationship with God, to, well, to be saved, but still continue to live, live as an orphan, to not enter into that full relationship of being a child. These positions aren't just black and white. Sometimes you might have some from one section, but one from another. And I think that's because we're human beings. We're not that static. So one of the areas for me is a big thing is identity. When I'm in a good place of sonship, I work from a place of being made in the image of the Father, and nothing can change that. No matter what I do, if I have too much text on this PowerPoint slide, it's not going to change the fact that I'm a, I'm a son. I can sit there and I can joke about it. But when I'm in that place of orphanhood, it's about what can I forge for myself? How can I develop my career? How can I make sure that people think well of me? I'll be in that place of confusion, always hunting for peace. Provision and protection, it's a big thing, like providing for your family, protecting your family. But when I'm in a place of sonship, I'm able to see the battles that God has fought for me in the past. And because of that, I'm able to see the battles that I'm fighting right now. He's able to do that for me right now. And then I'm able to give thanks as well. 
because I can see what he's doing, I can give thanks. However, when I'm not in that place, it's about what I can snatch or grab for myself, how I can hoard things, how I can steal things, how big is my bank account, where's everything coming from? My quality of life depends on my ability. If I have a good day at work, that defines how I'm feeling. I don't need to fight, also I feel like I need to fight and I need to defend my time, my energy. Someone asks me to do something that I don't want to do at work maybe and it's, I don't want to do it. I'll just get really annoyed, really frustrated. I'll be in a place of fear. I can be jealous, isolated and insecure. Always watching over my shoulder. Finally, what matters most? What is it that really matters to me when I'm in that place of sonship? It's what my father wants. All sorts of crazy things can be going on around me, but I'm bothered about what matters to him. And also his reputation. He can defend his reputation. I remember before there were situations where people just didn't agree in, agree with basic core biblical um, truths, really. And I felt I had to defend them. But actually, God can do that himself. I do what is right for me to do. And he does the rest of that. When I'm an orphan, it's all about my needs. They're my priority. I defend God because he's my God. I look after myself. It's all about me. So what did it look like for me? Before I started going through what I've been going through, what did it look like for me? So first things, when I'm working with people, I work with people in all sorts of settings. Um, it could be at work. It could be even in a church setting. A lot of you would know I generally have a prescribed method I'd like things to be done by. Um, I recognise that's a weakness in myself, but that, that was how I'd operate. And then I'd always be battling with that and when people didn't necessarily do things my own my way. I'd have a standard that I wanted people to reach. So if you're doing something, it had to be done a certain way. Um, and if it wasn't met, I'd become frustrated. And I know that's wrong. I know it's not right for me to become frustrated because someone doesn't meet my standard. Um, so what I would do is I'd become frustrated, I'd get exasperated, and I know that's not right, so then I'd pretend not to be. So I'd be putting energy into, be, into pretending to being fine. And it was just this vicious thing, and oh, it's just exhausting. <laughs> um, at home, I think the reality is that I was, with my family, I was generally driven by fear. So everyone has, has aspirations for their family, for their, for their kids. And if I saw something which was potentially damaging that or going to stop that coming to be, I'd be in a place of fear. And then I might, I might snap, I might lash out, I might say something, I might again become frustrated and then maybe try and hold it in because I know it's not right that I feel that way. And, and that's, that was something that I was really having to grapple with. And then there's this, this thing that I always come, to come back to. So particularly with my kids, I would say that the childhood they have had is it's, um, it's better than, than what I experienced. And, but God has done a, done a mighty work with me. And he can do that with my kids. That's, that's a truth that I know. But when, I'm, when I wasn't in that place, I would... I would know that truth, but I wouldn't be able to take peace in that. I wouldn't be able to rest in that and just say, God's got them. He'll do whatever he needs to do in his time. 
there would be that whole thing of, I need to fight and that fear would kick in. I'd really struggle to say no. Um, there was an, all, an internal need to always do more and it resulted in me over, over committing. So if I saw something that had to be done, I would, I would feel I have to do it. If someone asked me to do something, I would always feel under pressure to do it. And do you know what, to people on the outside, it, it looked fine. It looked like I was just being good, doing good, but it wasn't necessarily what God had for me. And I'm not saying we don't do anything, but what I'm saying is that actually we need to operate from a different place. So what do things look like now? And this is still a work in progress. This isn't who I am every day. I don't have to fix everything. There have been situations where I'm involved in something and I can see where it's going wrong and that I, I could potentially go in and fix it. But I don't have to do that. I'm able to say that actually this isn't something that God has for me to do. It's not about my performance. It's not about me doing things. And I can step back and sometimes, sometimes things go badly. And when they do go badly, it's not the end of the world. I can take peace in knowing that actually God's plan is bigger than mine. He can handle it. And sometimes, do you know what? Maybe God's plan was that something didn't work out. It didn't go the way that I had planned. His ways are bigger than mine. They're higher than, than our thinking. I'm able to step back and take peace in that. And there's also the whole idea that I don't live in the fear so much that I'm going to mess things up. I recognize that God is bigger than my ability to mess things up and it's, he's bigger than other people as well. And I think that's something that's really hit me at work because working as a teacher, you have a direct impact on children's futures. And the, slight, the slightest mistake can just mess everything up. That's, that's the reality. And I think there's a lot of pressure that I always felt because of that. And you know what? I'm able to come to, a bit, to more of a place now of being able to say, actually, God, you have got this. I recognize that my pupils, he loves them more than I do. He is more capable and he can work through me for their good. And I see that, I see that happening. I'm more, com more comfortable with saying no. So if there's something that I feel I shouldn't be, or if I don't feel to do something, and I'm not just saying based on my mood, I'm more comfortable with saying no, even though I don't have a logical justification. Before, if I wanted to say no to something, I always felt I had to justify it. But now I'm more able to just say, no, I don't think so. I don't feel that's right. And overall, I'm more peaceful. And I think, is that something you would like? Would you like to be more peaceful in your life? So I've spoken about what it's been for me, but the question is, how do we get there? So you've got another holiday photo here. So at the beginning of the summer, we went away, we went to Turkey. Um, and it was all about us just spending time together. If you think about your relationships, the people you, you get along with the best, you know the best, one of the key things is spending time together. The more time you spend with someone, the better you know them. You can build that relationship, you can build memories with them, and you get to enjoy one another. It's not about just what you do together. You might do things together, but you get to really enjoy one another. And that, that principle, which 
which relates to our relationships with, on earth with one another, applies to our Father in heaven as well. The more time you spend with him, the better you get to know him, and the more you get to enjoy one another. Do you spend time with God? Is your relationship with him based around what you do? Or is it just being with him? Do you go to him and say, God, I need this? Or do you just spend time with him? So Psalm 84, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King, my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. And in verse 10, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Yeah, and like most of us would have heard this over and over again. And like it wasn't until I was really looking at sharing this with, with you guys that it struck me, it struck me just the depth of this. But our souls yearn and faint to be in his presence. The whole idea of just being in his presence isn't an added extra. Me dwelling in his presence isn't something I do just to get an extra point. Actually, it's something that we need. This is designed how we're designed to be, to spend time in his presence. It is something that we need. The big question is, how do I then spend time with God? So, and this is the bit I'm going to, in all honesty, be quite vague on, because what I found is that there are lots of things that I would hear, lots of people talk about doing things, and they were very prescriptive. Um, I remember when I, was, when I was at university, I led the CU, and we did our weekend away, and we're setting out the, um, the plan for everything, and then it was scheduling in things like um, quiet times and stuff, and none of that stuff really worked for me. Again, I was doing what I was supposed to do, but it wasn't right. And what I don't want to do is I don't want to say, this is how you do it. I don't want to say this is what you need to do. And also, I think one of the things is that there can be a bit of a vicious cycle here. If I've been speaking and you thought, yeah, that's me. I want to come to this place of sonship. If you're anything like me, your response is going to be, well, what do I need to do now? And it's not really about doing. And it's something that God has to do. And it's about making ourselves available to him. It's the Holy Spirit. The verse doesn't say anything about activities. It's about just being in his presence, spending time with him, and it's going to look different for each of us. My big breakthrough came during lockdown, as I was saying, so it was a very different time, very different circumstances. Um, I read a book, um, Pete Gregg's How to Pray book, um, and you know, it was, none of the stuff in there was, was particularly new, but it was the thing which I took, it was just about coming into his presence and being real with God. When we pray, be real, say when we're disappointed, say when we're struggling, say when we're angry, say when we're sad, as well as when we're happy and when we're doing well and giving thanks. The thing that I really took was that, and the fact that prayer is just communication with God. He really wants to know what's going on with us. He made loads of suggestions in this book about how we can, um, how we can pray given the title. Um, 
But the thing which really struck me was taking the Lord's Prayer and really applying that line by line to your, to your life. So I would get up in the mornings and I wasn't having to go into work. Um, it was a very different time, like I said. Um, but I would then go through each line, our Father, my Father, my Father who's up in heaven, the one who loves me, the one who cherishes me. I would go through each line and apply it to myself. And what I found of that is that my prayer times became... They started to become longer. They started to become more natural. They started to flow more. And, and I started to enjoy them. And I couldn't believe that. If you'd have told me that I would be able to just sit down and just pray, I wouldn't have believed you. But it was just something that God did. And I think there's that activity, but it was that desire that I had to enter into that, that place of sonship, of being in his presence. Then what happened was we came out of lockdown and life went back to normal. Our family dynamics changed. And I didn't have that time in the mornings that I valued, that was really good. And I think that was God really challenging me again on what it is to be a son. So if your relationship with someone is based on half an hour in the morning and you're only going to meet with them at that time, it's not really a relationship, is it? And I think I really felt... I felt challenged by that. Nathan brought a, a word on ruts and routines, I think it was, and I felt God was saying, your relationship with me is based on routine. What I want to see is I want to see you really seeking me. And that's been, that's been the next chapter, really, for me. It's been about me saying, God, trying to seek out time with him, saying, God, can I meet you here at this, um, when I'm doing this? Or, oh, I'm free now. I can, I can get some time with God's presence. And it's, it's really exciting because, like, you... You read the Bible and Jesus, there's bits where it seems as though Jesus is trying to get away to just spend time with his father. And that's what I've seen starting to happen in my life, that I've gone from a place of I should have a quiet time or I should read the Bible to I actually want to spend time with you, Lord. Um, so as things went back to normal, um, Sunday morning meetings stopped being on Zoom. And throughout lockdown, Nick and I spent most of the time, we'd share the... Um, we were leading the meetings, it was a lot of fun, um, and for a while after as well. There were lots of um, Zoom failures, as we like to call them. Um, you might remember some of them. <laughs> um, so we came out of lockdown, and it was back to everyday life. Um, and it all happened quite gradually, really. But then it was a lot of work, really, preparing to lead the meetings. And that was OK when I was at home. That was OK when I didn't have to go into work and I could get time. But it became really difficult to balance everything. And I found my prayer times were changing from me just spending time with God to me praying for the meetings. And I started to feel myself slipping back into my own old ways. It didn't feel right. And then I had to really come to a place to say, well, what's more important? Is it the Sunday morning meeting or is it my relationship with God? And I took what I felt was a bit of a bold, bold step and I said, God, I'm going to prioritize my relationship with you. So... I was very definite with my times of prayer, and I said, I'm going to pray, first of all, to just, I'm just going to be in your presence. That's all I'm going to do. And then as I did that, everything else just started to fall into place. Like the prayer for Sunday mornings, I would, I would just hear God on Sunday mornings a lot quicker. Things would just happen. And I, I find it just amazing that when we're in that place of sonship with God, that things fall into place. So I even see that happen at work. There was, there was an incident, it was a while ago, where I was just, I'd asked God to help me with something at work. I can't remember the details. I'd asked him to help me with something. And I was just, every time I prayed for something to happen, it happened. And then one time, 
it didn't happen. I thought, oh, what's going on there? And the consequences could have been quite bad. But I just thought, you know what? It's not happened. There's a reason it's not happened. I just went on. I just moved on. And then a few, a few the, day, the day after, something happened. I thought, oh, that's why God didn't do it there and then. And I, I'm just seeing God, God do things because I'm spending time in his presence. And it's not that we neglect our responsibilities, but actually when we're in that place of sonship, things happen, things just happen. Spending time in his presence resulted in me becoming who God had designed me to be. And it's still happening. It resulted in me being more peaceful. At work, I'm getting more done with less effort. It's not that I don't try, but things just happen. It's still a work in progress, but I'm becoming who, I, who I'm supposed to be. And this isn't necessarily who I had wanted to be, and it's not who I'd expected to be. I had always wanted to be someone who had all the answers, someone who works really hard and does everything, but that's not what he's saying. God's calling me to that place of, place of peace where I can just sit back, I can just relax more. And, and one of the things I'm really finding is, is enjoying what, we've, what I've done. So being able to just enjoy time with my family, enjoy time relaxing in life. I don't have to be doing things all the time. This year at work's been really strange and like a lot has changed even since I, I've written this, I started writing this talk. So I went for, I really felt prompted by God to go for a promotion at work. Um, and I met with the head and he said, in reality, it's not gonna happen. This, this was a very amicable relate, um, conversation that we had. And he said, it's, it's not gonna happen. Then a week or so later, a position became available, um, just a fluke really, um, to the point that he actually came and he apologized to me for, for what he said, because this position just came out of nowhere. Um, so I applied for the position. It was, it was one which wasn't really in my professional experience. I thought, you know what, worst case scenario, they just say no. So I've applied, I had a really good interview, really, really good interview, but because of my lack of um, official experience, I didn't get the role. Um, but they said to me, there's another role coming out later. Um, we think you'd be really good at that. Um, so I was getting these, I'm getting the, the emails for all of the jobs that are potentially coming out and, and I'm ignoring them because there's another role coming out which I think I would want. Um, interview comes and then I've, I've, I've applied, I've got an interview, um, and then I didn't get it. There was another, someone who applied for it who no one expected to. And you know what? He was better for the role than I was. Um, taking that disappointment was really hard because I'd spent, I'd spent about four months building up to this point and, and it just came to nothing. And I think that disappointment, was, it was really hard for me. And and all honesty, it tainted the rest of the school year. But what I chose to do that time was I chose to really engage with my emotions. And those of you that know me will know that's a big thing. Okay. Um, I was able, when people ask me, how are you feeling? Previously, I would have said, you know, I didn't get it. Not God's will. Let's just move on. But actually, my conversations with people were different. I was able to say, I'm really disappointed. I was able to say to other people and to God, actually, I was able to say, I really felt like God had asked me to or told me to apply for this job, but it's not happened. I don't know what's going on. 
And I was able to have those conversations, which is a, it's a big thing for me. It's a big character change. But that's me, and that's me becoming who he would want me to be. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, a load of things happened at work. And another position became, came up, which wasn't what I was looking for. But actually, I feel that actually it's still God's provision because it's something that I would enjoy to do. I think I'll enjoy doing more. It's different to what I've been doing. Um, I applied for the job and I got it. And even the way I got the job was testament to God. So last time I was leading, I think it was, I told you guys about how we were allowed to wear shorts to work. And I'm afraid I haven't got a picture to back this up. But um, <laughs> so I've gone into work the day of the interview and I'm wearing shorts. Um, and then I've seen the person who's actually, who's, who else is going for the job and he's got a full suit on. Oh gosh, I've got to really up my game. So I, I always carry a spare tie at work. So I went and put my emergency tie on. <laughs> so you've got, you got to picture this now, okay? I'm wearing, I think they were white shorts, black shirt, and it was a, a white tie with black dots on it. <laughs> and I've got my formal shoes on, and I've walked in the interview like that. <laughs> and um, then everyone had a bit of a laugh at what I was wearing. <laughs> and then when, when we came out, I, t I told some other people, they said, did you go for an interview dressed like that? <laughs> but you know, that's just me being, me being who God's made me to be. I'm a bad dresser. <laughs> I got the job, and I think that's what, this is something new that God has for me, and he, I'm in his plan. So coming back to it, it's, it's all about coming to that place of, of sonship, of childship, knowing God as a father. What I don't want you to hear from today is do more, work harder. I want you to come to that place of being a child of God and living in that place of peace. Thanks. All right. Hmm. Ask yourself, be honest. Is there anything that he said that you thought, hmm, ah, you kind of, I think this, the phrase is identified with. If so, could that be that God was speaking to you? And one question, what are you going to do about it? And it's not, as Richard has said several times very clearly, it's not about the amount of effort we can put in. 